Hey, everybody, welcome in another edition of The Wrap on NRM Streamcast, a Friday edition, always a fun time. Darren McCarty usually will be sitting in with us, but he is driving to one of his uh, games, one of his hockey games, and uh, he couldn't be with us. We were going to talk NASCAR with him, too, because the Daytona 500 is coming up, but now I'm not going to talk about it with I Clarence w- Black I and Maz in the house. I to talk about my favorite wings. <laughs> yeah, your, your Maz, I'm a fan. Wings. I'm a fan. Well, Maz, listen, the best wings are angel wings, which I hope we will one day get. <laughs> Soon down the road, Angel Wings. Angel Wings. And yes. then I'm a huge fan, Maz. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the chicken wing. Yeah. But my course. new favorite wing is Black Wings. Your Black? My Black Wings. wings. I want to talk to Darren about Black Wings. The Red Wings. Black Wings. But they're African American players. Got three Black Wings. Clarence is calling them the Three Black Wings. So. One of them, I think, got sent black down. Wings. No! Yeah, I'm afraid Don't so. Send my black wings One went down. to Grand Rapids. No. So you got two black wings remaining, I think. There's two left? The two black wings? Right now. Right now. <laughs> but we're here uh, on NRM Streamcast, the rap. Tom Azaway, Clarence Black in the house. The professor, John Clayton, will join us live. From out in the West Coast, he's up early out in Seattle. Dude, I don't geek a lot. Like I don't, yeah. I don't get starstruck or geek out a lot. But man, I I feel like I grew up on John Clay. We all, even Stephanie, our marketing manager, is like. Oh, I know that guy. Yes, man. Everybody knows John Clayton. <laughs> she I knows grew John, up on Clayton. John Clayton, man. Remember that commercial of his? That he yes. that commercial when he was rocking out. <laughs> Mom, bring me my food. Oh man, that that's some good legendary. stuff. So we'll talk NFL with, with the professor here in just a couple of minutes. XFL week number two coming up as well. Uh, you know what we're gonna do today? We're gonna play on our XFL app. I'm gonna bring it nice. up for you. And we're gonna pick the games. We're gonna pick the scores really quick. Because everyone gets involved in this before the XFL game, so you can listen to us on demand. If you pick the winners of the four games, actually, I think it's for three games I give you. If you pick it for three games, pick the exact score. The exact score. The exact score. You will win five hundred thousand dollars. What are the mathematical odds of picking? Oh, it's exact uh, score, it's man. millions and millions and millions and millions to one. <laughs> but you never know. We're gonna look, you know, at the over unders, so we could pick near the points of because you know Vegas is always right. The points they're gonna have the favorite. They had one wrong last week. So and that listen, was the is last it the, game. It's the play X, XFL. Yes, the play right. XFL. But you have the other one too. You have both yeah, of them. I got both of them. I'm getting both. Yeah, I'm all in, man. I am all in. I XFL can't wait. News. You have the XFL news yeah, too. I got, got it, it all. all. I got it all, and I, I love the logos and everything. Here's the, the Vipers too, against the the Dragons, the Guardians, and the Defenders. XFL News Hub. Renegades, yeah. Wildcats, Battle Hawks, and the Roughnecks. So four games. Pick the scores. Win five hundred grand. It'll be fun. What the hell? You know what I read also today? What really hit big on the XFL was the on air, the on screen betting data. You saw the favorite. You saw the over-under on your screen all the time. I really, I was attracted to that. Why? Well, you're a better, though. You, you bet. Yeah, but you know what? No, I'm not a better anymore. I'm re- but I'm a better. I'm always a better. Okay. But when I was a kid, sure, I'd lay down some money. I'm not laying down any money. Now I'm a father <laughs> of three girls. I can't, I can't rub two quarters together. I can't. Know the feeling. But I love the feeling of, you know, football is gambling, man. That's, yeah. It's the best sport to bet on. Let's face it. Nothing like it. There's nothing like it. So that was a big thing, and they love the on-field access of uh, you hear the coaches call the plays, you hear the players. And not only that, you score a touchdown, and they had their reporter, the sideline reporter, Diana Rossini, run out to you. You're out of breath. She's asking you a question. You're still jumping around celebrating with your teammates. But that was another thing that you know uh, the feels? people that watched it liked. It, it feels like a, my buddy was like, he's like, man, I ain't watched that, that BS. And I'm like, bro. If you like, I, it's like, dude, 
I enjoy football and I like being entertained and it it married the two. And it wasn't bad. The minute it's good football, yeah. I'm like, bro, I'm good. It wasn't bad. I no. mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. No. The, the, you're looking at a USFL fanatic here. I loved the USFL, but we knew a lot of the players. Yeah. That's the difference. So we'll see how this goes in week two. Week one was a smashing success. Week two, week three, week four, and we'll see how it goes. I think they played 10 weeks, if I'm not mistaken. 10 or 11 weeks in the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we'll see how the weather holds out and everything. We'll see some new stadiums this week. I think these teams for next year, if you're not playing at a soccer stadium or a smaller stadium, a baseball stadium, I think that's what you have to do. Because well, you play at Met State, MetLife yeah. Stadium, it looked hor- horrible for the Guardians. There was nobody there. It's 80,000 people. If you put 15,000 people in there, it doesn't look like anyone's there. The defenders are playing at the old RFK, aren't they? No, they're playing at the soccer stadium oh. for the D.C. team. I forgot who the D.C. Uh, soccer team is. They're, fa- the they're famous. United? They're famous. I forgot who it was. But they're playing at the soccer stadium, and it looked great because it was almost not filled, but it was pretty. it looked damn good. So that's this weekend. Also, the 62nd Daytona 500 takes place this Sunday, 2.30 on Fox. Darren McCarty will definitely be watching it. The Great American Race. It's the only sport, NASCAR, that plays their Super Bowl on week one. Which is pretty cool. It's kind of cool. They have their own but, way I mean, of doing stuff. It's their stuff. Super Bowl in, in name only. I mean, it's still I mean, it's an important race to win. I of mean, course. it's a legacy race. It is. But, I mean, the season is still you – can, you cannot win the Daytona 500 and still win the Cup. Like you don't, it's not paramount to, but it is. I mean, it's cool. There are some guys who rather win the Daytona 500. I mean, obviously you want to be the Cup champion, but right. I mean, you're going to live in history. What's the, the Cup nowadays? It used to be the old Winston Cup. I don't know, I don't know what the hell it, the, is it was. The it's the Winston Cup, the Sprint Cup. Then See, it was we, the we Monster. Should... The is it still Monster? The Monster Energy? It could be. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. We would ask Ethan, but Ethan's not here today. Ethan has left us. And for brighter pastures, he's going back to school. He's doing some teaching on the side. Uh, we're going to miss him. Today is NCAA college baseball opening day, his favorite day of the year. And you know he's rooting for Bowling Green. So we're going to miss Ethan a lot. And uh, we wish him the best. Play to the buzzery. Play to the buzzery. You can join us anytime here on the show. And uh, another thing I wanted to talk about today, it would have been first on uh, Ethan's plate, the Astros. They put out the dog and pony show yesterday. They sent their owner out with a piece of paper. Jim Crane reading off his paper and taking a couple of questions and saying, in a, in a, in a lump sum, what we did really didn't help us win anyway. Then they sent Bregman up there, Alex Bregman, and then they sent Jose Altuve up there again. Just saying, we're sorry. They're even look. They're even looking at anyone in the eyes. We're sorry. We did this. Uh, blah blah blah. We want to put this behind us. I'm still fooling and with look, this XFL app. And look forward to twenty. And thing. look forward to 2020. So the Astros go out there with their dog and pony show, and I'm telling you, they are getting worse than ever. Roasted on social media. People are all over the Houston Astros, and the only way really to get even with this team. You can't take down their banner. You can't put, I guess, we'll all put an asterisk next to it. But you can't take that, that 2017 banner. You can't take down their 2019 knocking out the uh, playing in the World Series and, and getting knocked out by the Nationals. They were still American League champions. You can't take that away, but you can put an asterisk up. But the only way to beat them is to beat their ass on the field this year. 
What, what do you think is going to happen uh, with, with the teams that face in the Astros? Because the American League pitchers don't hit. So you get Justin Verlander talking at his locker yesterday. Oh. And he said, he looked everyone in the eye. He did about three minutes. He basically said, I wish I could have, I, I wish I would have said more during the time. And then when they kept asking him, he's like, well, we already said we're sorry. We want to move on. He didn't answer really many questions. And there's a lot of people that want his head on a plate as well because here's the guy that's bitching about the juice baseballs. And here we are. Everyone's in camp now. They got their apologies out of the way, their quote-unquote apologies out of the way. And how do you – where does this story go? So the best thing that I read all day yesterday, and it was hilarious, was on Twitter. And I don't remember who put it, but it was said, <laughs> the Houston Astros just failed their press conference. Yeah. And it is. It was a, it PR was an department It was it. an unmitigated failure. Yeah. And what got me – was the night before they were saying the Astro the Astros had this two hour meeting the night before to discuss how they were going to handle it. This wasn't like they showed up and nobody knew. They they had a two hour meeting, a two hour meeting on what was it, uh Tuesday night yeah. to discuss how they were gonna handle yep. team uh, meeting Wednesday morning. And for that to be the answer and I don't know if Wednesday night, Thursday morning, whatever. Yeah. But you had a two-hour meeting. So this was like you thought about this. You had time to figure this out. The owner had all two, well, a month and a half yeah. to know I'm going to get all of my guys together. You flew everybody in, and this was your product? We're sorry, but it didn't impact the game. Had he not done that? I think that. So of all the things that have happened, I think that's the one. Like you – so you fired your GM – and your coach. But you what you're essentially saying is is we would have won anyway. So let's just start with that. So right. fail, so huge failure. Yeah. Huge failure. A uh, massive black eye. If I was an Astro fan today, I'd be disgusted. I, and I guess that's one of the things I don't know any Astro fans, but I, I think outside of Houston, you got to kind of look at them like are you like really yeah. You feel good about that one? You feel good about those rings? Well, what, what can the fans say? I mean, the fans won the they won the World Series. They're happy about their team. And you know what? For more on this, I want to ask John Clayton. He's our guest here. I know we talk football with the professor, but he knows his baseball as well, and he's got his Seattle Mariners out there. Uh, he is the host on 710 ESPN Seattle ESPNs, formerly from uh, the big mothership. John Clayton, the professor, joins us. What's up, Prof? Hey, how we doing? We're doing great. John we miss your voice, man. John Clayton. We love you. Appreciate that. How's everything going? Uh, good. Very good. Busy. It's, it's, I know. It's constant. You're up I mean, early for the us. One thing. It's like there, there is no off season in the NFL because you never get off. Nope. You never get off. And I wanted to ask you about, before we get into the NFL, I know you talk on your podcast as well, baseball. And what did you think of the Astros' uh, uh, quote-unquote apology yesterday and, and Jim Crane, the owner? reasonably lame. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that, uh, well, particularly when you have an owner, Jim Crane, who is saying we're going to have the strongest apology possible? And you see, you know, players not answering questions, just reading slow statements and that. And then uh, him as an owner coming out and saying, "Well, I don't think it really gave an advantage to uh, to us." I mean, hey, the Yankees may have been upset about it. And then he comes back a little bit later and asks about it. Said, "Well, I didn't say that." It's like, well, how lame is that? Oh, it's so, terrible. Yeah, it was uh, the whole the whole thing's horrible. And what you wonder is like, would it have been wise for even 
the commissioner of baseball just to say, hey, we're going to have a no comment type of position on this and just let everybody play, you know, put the clamps so that nobody would talk to me because yesterday was so lame. You know, you had uh, one batter admitting, well, let's see, I did bat 314 that year. I did think it helped a little bit, but it's like, it's horrible. I mean, they cheated. They cheated bad. They were allowed to get away with it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad baseball came down on them, but I don't think they're getting the full uh, advantage of uh, baseball's not getting the full advantage with this the way it's being done. I think it's horrible. John Clayton joins us from ESPN Seattle and his podcast, Schooled with the Professor. Uh, Tom Mazaway, Clarence Black in the house here. Hey, John, man, I, so I, I don't I don't geek out often, man. I don't get starstruck often, but, I mean, it's, it's how many people do you get? Because I'm one of them, and I feel like I grew up on John Clayton from high school to my dorm room in college to, like, you know, my son being born, man. Like, you are John freaking Clayton. I'm not, I, <laughs> like, how many times a day do you get that from people who just feel like, like, I feel like you are, you have been a part of my, my life. Yeah, I've got it a bunch. I'm so fortunate <laughs> because, uh, you know, it's, it was great for 22 years of being with them and how great they treated me, how great they're treating me now. It's like it's been a wonderful experience. I'm so thankful for all that because, again, you know, the platform that I had was just a blast and uh, just loved doing it, still love doing what I do now. But, uh, boy, it was such a special uh, two-decade involvement that I really, really enjoyed and loved doing. Well, you know the commercials. You know, oh, if yeah. I say the commercial, you already know what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah. It is legendary. Yeah, no question. <laughs> Again, it was like, we had 65 people involved in that commercial. And once they presented it to me and I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. It was so good. And it was like now now it's like I, I, I can't go anywhere without getting selfies and people looking at the back of my hair and all that different stuff. It was just really special. That's awesome. John Clayton joins us, the professor. We want to talk some NFL with you. Bengals on the clock right now. Redskins sitting at two and our Detroit Lions sitting at three. How do you see that working out? Uh, who do you think's moving? Have you heard anything? Fill us in here in Detroit. Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be any trades. I mean, Joe Burrow is pretty much going to go number one, and you know that Chase Young's going to go number two. And it sure looks like uh, the Lions will be taking a quarterback, a cornerback, unless there's going to be a trade up. And I don't necessarily think that the Dolphins need to trade up to get Tua. I don't think the Chargers are going to trade up. So I think it's going to be pretty much you get the first five, six picks, and then things will start to move in the draft. But uh, you know, the Lions, you know, have to make it. The, the one thing is, I'm still baffled why they would even consider trading Darius Slay because again the guy's a good cornerback yeah. he's one of the best players in the team I mean they made the mistake of trading uh, Quandre Diggs you did. who came yep. to Seattle and was sensational yep. it's like why get ready your best players why you got to stick it to us like that I mean we, we you don't think we know that by now here they're getting rid of all the good talent here yeah what do you th- what is the word out there on Bob Quinn and Matt, Matt Patricia what's the national uh, word the- yeah, well, the word out is that uh, you know when the owner came out at the end of the season and basically said they've got to win, they've got to they got to do some good things this year. So I think that uh, if it gets the season's off to a bad start, there's going to be a bad uh, uh, season of change, and so the pressure is going to be on. And again, when you start talking like even last year at the trade deadline, if indeed it was true that they were talking about trading Slay and then maybe getting Chris Harris, I, I, I don't get that because again, it's like stick with the best players on your team. I mean, you feel bad for Matthew Stafford in a sense that you know he doesn't have enough talent around him. You trade uh, Golden Tate, uh, be it the trade deadline, yep. you trade Diggs, all those different things, and you say, what is going on? I mean, this team needs to win, and it needs to win now. 
How about, uh, sorry, uh, Clarence, WDIV here, Channel 4 uh, in Detroit. Bernie Smilovitz is a, one of our uh, our sportscasters here. He's been here for a long time, and he broke a story a couple of nights ago that the Lions were engaged in trade talks with Matt Stafford and, and the rest of the NFL, and then Bob Quinn came out and said that's absolutely false, and then Bernie doubled down and said it's not false. My people tell me that it's they're going to trade him, but if they trade him, they take a $32 million cap hit. What's your take yeah, on you that? Yeah, you can't trade him. Yeah, there's, I mean, the contract, the way it's structured, uh, there's no way there's going to be any kind of a trade because it's just uh, structured in a way that, I mean, he's staying with the team. I mean, he got the cap number down to 21-3. The way that the contract is constructed, I just can't see any trade possible. And then why would you trade uh, him? Sure, you can get a young quarterback, but a young quarterback is not going to help them win now. And so, to me, I don't think a trade's on the books. So do you do a Kansas City type thing? They took Mahomes and sat him behind Alex Smith. Do you take Tua and sit him behind? Do you take uh, Justin Herbert and sit him behind Matthew Stafford at three? Well, if you do that with uh, Stafford on the roster, you're doing nothing to improve the team. And they need to get the pl- good play out of the top two picks in this draft You know, if they don't get uh, much in free agency. So, no, I think if they're getting a cornerback, they got to get the best cornerback in the draft. And again, it's like if you get a if you draft a quarterback, all you're doing is putting yourself in a position to get fired at the end of the season or during the season. But John, so so much of what so much of what ails us here in Detroit has also not just been personnel, but in a lot of ways culture. I mean, because you can't explain one one playoff win in fifty plus years with just. You know, it's like it's almost like in an NFL over 50 years, a blind squirrel finds its way to a Super Bowl. We can't even win a, a freaking playoff game. So my question is, if if Tua could be the fit for an organization that needs an injection in its culture as much as it does to win or lose. And look, I, I love Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda is is I think going to be an amazing corner. But the reality is, if I'm looking at an NFL, how long an NFL corner can play versus a, a a generational quarterback and and again when healthy I think Tua projected out to be a generational kind of face of your franchise quarterback I know they need to win now but is is there some danger in again can you afford as an NFL team to miss out on a truly generational talent like Tua um, you Just know to win now to win now. Yeah, I don't know if he's a generational quarterback. I think he can be a good quarterback, but I don't know if he's a generational quarterback. I mean, you know, certainly you look at the the Patrick Mahomes thing, and you can see that the you know team screwed up on that because you know he goes to the tenth pick in the draft, and the irony is Matt Nagy was the guy who really discovered him on the Kansas City <laughs> staff. You know, he was the one that uh, had a kind of a man crush to a point on him that he had every coach at every uh, what every time that they were in the office watching Texas Tech football. And, uh, you know, sure enough, uh, they trade up to 10, they get Mahomes, and he's the generational quarterback. I don't know if Tua is. You know, you still wonder about is he going to be kind of like a Marcus Mariota in the sense that, uh, you know, injuries are going to play a big part. If that's going to be the case, then that's not going to make him generational. So I'd say right now, you know, the Lions have the quarterback, use the quarterback, and use the talent to at least get some better things on defense or on offense. John Clayton joins us. He's the professor, of course, ESPN Seattle, and schooled with the professor, his podcast. How about Tom Brady, uh, John? What do you think uh, happened with him and Phil Rivers? Where do you see them going? Well, I I thought it was almost settled back at the Super Bowl 
you know, when he had this, the Hulu commercial, yep. and it kind of it made a little bit of fun of things and made it look like, okay, the story comes out that you're going to pay him 30-plus million bucks, and now you know he's talking to the team about getting the talent, so you think he's going to go there. And then this week you get totally confused with Bob Kraft coming out and saying, oh, I think he should go and pursue some free agency and see what's out there and then get back to us. Huh. So it's now confusing. And so I don't think the Chargers are going to do uh, Tom Brady. I think the Raiders could do that. So I think he could go to Oakland. But I still think in the end, he's best served staying with New England. As far as Phillip Rivers, I think it comes down to two teams. One would be Indianapolis. The other would be Tampa Bay. Wow. And then Jameis Winston, where do you see a guy like him going? He's a talented young kid. Yep. He's got LASIK surgery a couple of days ago. Yeah, he ago. can see now, John. Yeah, he, can, he, was, he can actually see yeah, where he's throwing he, the ball. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, okay, so uh, two, two things. I mean, first off, did he have 30-30 vision with the 30 <laughs> interceptions, the 30 touchdown passes? And then the second thing is, okay, so he was nearsighted, and he gets the LASIK surgery. Well, his problem is throwing the ball downfield. Maybe they should have had it for farsightedness. Perhaps. And maybe they're going to change their colors. Is that true what I hear, that Tampa might be going back to the creamsicles? They might, yeah, they might. But uh, you know, they're still deciding. I mean, Bruce Arians, I think he is considering Philip Rivers. Uh, but again, I think that uh, you know they got to look at Jameis Winston. Yeah, you know, Jameis is still going to come out of it. But the problem with Jameis, you know, Tampa Bay is not looking long term with him. You know, they're looking on a one year type of thing, maybe yeah. a franchise tag if they do keep him, because I think that they don't want to make that long term commitment. Right. And of course, he's already come out and said he wants more than thirty million dollars a year. <sighs> And so does uh, Colin Kaepernick. I mean, he could have went to the XFL, and here we are again. He's writing a book. He says he still wants to play in the NFL. I mean, what's with this guy right now? Well, I mean, again, it's like uh, if you want to play in the NFL, why do you uh, take 25 teams and then all of a sudden at the last minute move your uh, you move where you're going to have your workout for the guys and all that stuff? I mean, you know, it's nice to say that you want to get in the NFL, but I can't see him getting back in the NFL. Yeah, He's been out too long. He's you know, certainly got the talent. I mean, he's the most talented quarterback on the street. But still, you've missed too much time. And then, remember, in his last 24 starts, he was 4-20. and 20. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of talent around him at that point. He did go to the Super Bowl, though. Got to give him that. He did, yeah. So, John, real quick, Super Bowl losers making it back the next year. Uh, you, you'd be hard-pressed to, to find one recently. The challenge of, as you look at the assuming, again, all assuming that – Far and away, Kansas City is just going to establish itself and dominate the AFC for some time to come. As you look at the NFC, um, you know who who has the potential. And again, we haven't gotten to the draft, but just looking at it currently, the way things are structured, who do you look at as a potential sleeper for uh, the NFC next year? Well, I think it's it's wide open. It was really wide open this year, even though San Francisco ended up with a number one seed. I mean, you go into Week 16. And Seattle actually had a chance to be the number one sure seed. Did. So whether you take New Orleans, Seattle, I think it's going to be tough for San Francisco to go back. Uh, you know, I, I, th- I think it's wide open. Green Bay still has Aaron Rodgers. You know, so I, I think you know there's more good teams in the NFC that could go to the Super Bowl or could go to the playoffs than in, there is in the AFC. But I, I think it's a wide open race right now. I still, if uh, Drew Brees comes back. You yeah. still got to look at the, uh, New Orleans being a very, very complete team. That's what I was going to ask you. The Saints have three free agent quarterbacks. You got Breeze, Bridgewater, yeah. and Taysom Hill. What, what do you see those guys shaking out? Can't keep well, them all. I still, yeah, it's like I'm. I was kind of caught cold and surprised by Drew Brees saying he needed a, a, a month 
to think about things because I thought, you know, they came out and they want him back. And so I think it's still going to be uh, Breeze and then Hill staying as a restricted free agent. But if they find out that Breeze is gone, you know, then they have to scramble to get Teddy Bridgewater done. You know, Taysom Hill, it's like, okay, it's nice to say you're a franchise quarterback, but if you're a franchise quarterback, why did Bridgewater start five games when uh, Breeze was hurt? Does, does Sean Payton not recognize that? Apparently, he's not a franchise quarterback. He's good, but he's never played a full game in the National Football League. Fact. John, there's a team I feel like no one is talking about, and to me, they have the potential to be scary because they have a they have a win-now defense and a defense that can dominate you on any given Sunday, and they're a quarterback away, and that's the Bears. Who do you think – Again, if, if, if looking at the Bears maximizing a, a solid guy behind center. Brady. Who do, you, who do you see as an immediate fit that would make this league, like literally everybody would jump up and go, okay, now we, gotta, now we need to be afraid? Yeah, I don't know if there is, a, if there is one out there. I mean, certainly you know, Tom Brady would give them more credibility because he's you know, the greatest quarterback ever. You know, would it be Marcus Mariota to help out? Would it be Teddy Bridgewater? You know, you still wonder. It's like, uh, you know, they've got to do something at uh, at quarterback because Trubisky, you just don't see it. I, I you, you no. see too many mistakes, and you just can't see him getting over the top. But they've, I got to do something. But I, you know, you kind of get the feel that maybe they go for Bridgewater. Oh man, that would be. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to what a what a roulette season this is going to be between oh, yeah. the draft and free agency. Wow. It's going to be amazing. Before we let you go, uh, Professor XFL, what's your take on it? What do you like about it? What do you think will go to the NFL from it, rules wise? Yeah, I, I I like it a lot because I think it's innovative. It's a fast paced thing. You can see that uh, they they did the right thing in two ways. One to get the big cities involved as opposed to the AAF that did the smaller cities, and then also to get all the TV networks, uh, you know, good quality productions that give you a chance to learn things as the game goes on. I think that uh, you can see they've done a good job getting good offensive coaches. You know, I like the kickoff rule. I think that's something to consider. I'm not as sold on the one, two, and three-point conversions. Right. But I like overall what I've seen. And I know this weekend, uh, particularly on Saturday, uh, more than 30,000 people are going to be there for the Seattle game. So I think awesome. it's selling big in this town, Seattle, and I think it's doing pretty well overall. That's awesome. And what do you think of the gambling aspect? They have the spread and the over-under on the screen, and, and they kind of they have an app here. Clarence and I were just going over the app. If you pick the scores of the games properly, exact, yeah. you win 500000 You know, stuff like that. It's I kind of like no, it. I, I, you know, I like it because, again, it just it shows you where things are going in sports. And, uh, you know, like, for example, even in Seattle, at the state of Washington, the House just voted to go into legalized gambling. And awesome. I think you're going to see more of this as time goes on in just about every place. And so get used to it. All right. Thank you so much for waking up early with us. You sound better than ever, by the way. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. John right. freaking Clayton. John Clayton, a professor, joins us. We'll, we'll talk to you soon, Prof. Thanks. Okay, sounds good. All right. And you can listen to John Clayton anytime. He's got his great podcast, Schooled, it's called, with the professor and on ESPN Seattle. I don't know why he's not on the mothership anymore, Dude, but don't. that's their loss. Bro, I don't geek out often. I know. But, man, that is – that just yeah. – I I feel like I am back in college. How sharp was he? Oh. He sounds the great. The best. That's some great info. Oh, and I like that Seattle team because I like Jim Zorn. He's coaching that team. And actually, uh, last week when he was on TV, you hear what the player, what the coaches are calling. Yeah. He didn't know 
that he was actually going to be on TV calling the plays. He was he had a story about it. He's like, oh, I didn't know that they they were had it on live TV. And I kind of thought about it. I'm like, what if the other team's watching the TV? Yeah. I I don't know. Competitive advantage. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, but I everyone think that is out may there. be one that they it's the coaches kind of go back and go, yo, look, because now you got to change your plays up. I know. But it's cool, man. Four more games coming up on the XFL. You heard uh, John Clayton. Uh, Matthew Stafford's not going anywhere. Although, WDIV doubled down saying, uh, listen, Bernie said I'm sticking with my story. This is what I got from the my peeps at the Lions, that they're shopping them around. Then they doubled down. The Lions came back and said, nope. Bob Quinn said, no way. WDIV came back and said, well, look at Kelly Stafford tweeted out and everything. And they kind of, I don't know about, listen, I don't know about where so they're going over there, it, but we'll see. Is his is his value to the NFL high right now? Yes, yes. Yeah. Matthew Stafford, for whatever he has not done in Detroit, whether it, it, they haven't put it around him or whatever, his value is high. You have to move him when it's high. Sure, you could. Are you going to take a hit? Sure, but can they afford to take that hit? Absolutely. Is it going to ham? Would it hamstring them? No, it would not hamstring the season. But again, and I've said this: bring in Philip Rivers, draft Tua. <laughs> You gotta pay Rivers. You, you pay can't him. pay him. I mean, if if you're getting rid of Stafford, you, just keep Stafford and draft two if hey, that's look, what you man, like. You bring in Rivers. Rivers even said, Rivers said, "Hey, look, bring me in for one year. If the year goes well, we go to another year. If I stink up the joint, then hey." But you have to. There has to be a polar. I, this whole win now, winning now, doesn't solve the problem. Doesn't. That's the thing, man. It, it's a it's a band aid on a bullet. Winning now is not the problem. The problem is our culture. We know that. The problem we is haven't sustained. Had a we haven't the had problem a is sustained. Since... Like, can Tua be the face of something you can't sustain? Lamar Jackson is the face of something you can't sustain. Mahomes is the face of something you can't sustain. Deshaun Watson is the face of something you can sustain. For whatever reason, with Matthew Stafford, it, we were never able to sustain. But we and, were when we had yes. Sue on the other side of the ball. Yes. You had Stafford, you had Sue. Unfortunately, they put all the money on, on Stafford. Stafford and let Sue walk. They never should have let him go. Well, there are some quote, people that say he never wanted to be here. We all know he didn't want to be. Who really wants to get drafted by a team that hasn't won a playoff no. game? In and who wants to be? Years? Who wants to come to bad culture? You. What I love about the NCAA tournament is that we get this same story. Every think about it, we get the same story every single year, of coach being someplace that nobody wanted to be. And he finds a way over the course of some years to build something nobody saw coming. But somebody has to be the guy to go, you know what? Yeah, I'll take the job. And, oh, by the way, we're going to get this thing moving, whether it's Florida Gulf Coast or yeah. Loyola Chicago uh, or any ex – man. Just Sister any, Jean. Remember Sister I mean, Jean? Just, but the thing they all have in common is, man, somebody went there and somebody had to add in vision and commitment and they stayed, and they got it, and that is how you build a culture that Butler, Butler, it was Linklater, and then everybody else started to 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 kind of fit in there. Look at Gonzaga, Munson. Munson is the one that got Gonzaga going, but he he got so far, and then thought to himself, "Well, I need to leave." He comes to Minnesota and falls apart. But again, he got that. He got him no, going. He got him going. He got him going. So somebody They're known here, now as an NCAA dan- uh, we don't even, March we, Madness yeah. dance. Gonzaga and Butler. Big dance. Butler, Butler and Gonzaga were mid-majors. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. But somebody has to build that. And that's the thing here, man. It, it 
somebody has got to be the person to put the foot down, put the and just go, okay, let's play. Like let's let's go from here, yeah. let's play. And you can't do that. That's future stuff. And it's like I tweeted the you know yesterday. You you can't tell somebody focus on the now, forget the future when that whole job is your job as a GM yeah. is to build something sustainable, not not the now. If the Lions went ten and two and then turned around and were uh, going to spend the next fifteen years as a two win team, they don't work. No, it don't work. If I told you I'm going to give you ten wins next year and then fifteen years of two no, or three, four, no. I don't want it. I don't want it. So don't tell me your job as an owner, your job as a GM is not to focus on the now. It's to build something that's right, man. That like my blows my mind, man. I hate talking about this damn team. Plenty more with Clarence's culture, his black wings, the XFL, and we got a great story in the NBA. And uh, Isaiah Thomas is involved in it. He is knee deep in it. Keep it right here on the wrap. Clarence Black, Tom Mazaway, right here on the wrap with Maz and friends on NRM Streamcast. I'm Jimmy King. And I'm Terry Foster. And you are watching NRM Streamcast. Aren't you Drew Sharp? No, he's gone, brother. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Your friendly dealer, Jim Reel. Check out the newest member of Jim Reel's family of dealerships, the all-new Jim Reel's friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. During the Start Something New sales event, lease the 2020 Jeep Compass Limited 4x4, now just $145 a month with zero down. Or lease the 2020 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Bighorn 4x4, now just $199 a month with zero down. For your best deal, it's the all-new Jim Reel's friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. And there's nothing more friendly than a great deal from Jim. If you or your family is touched by autism, learn more about Freddy's Foundation at hashtag pop the tap at freddythepizzaman.com. That's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Or email freddythepizzaman at gmail.com. Hey, we're Joe and Sarah. From Pop That Culture. Uh-huh. Yes, it is a show where we talk about uh, pop culture. The only uh, the freshest uh, pop culture. Uh-huh. Really? Well, I mean, it might be a couple days old. I we don't know. Save a couple dollars. Yeah, you can watch mm. us at noon, and then if you watch us at another time, then that's not so fresh. Hey, we got to do a couple of those things. We, we got to do a couple of those uh, little get-me-backs here, little promos. Throw Angel in there. We'll throw you in there, Corey, Kelsey. We'll put them all in there. And Welcome back to The Wrap, by the way. Tom Azaway, Clarence Black in the house. Thanks to John Clayton. The professor joined us from Seattle. He woke up extra early for us. Uh, he had to bother his mother, of course, to wake him up this morning. Remember the commercial with his <laughs> mullet and all? Anyway, uh, thanks a lot for joining us, folks. Uh, you can see us every day, of course, on, on demand or live right now, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, it's all good. Terry Foster and Jimmy King follow us today. That's going to be a, another good show. I wanted to bring up Isaiah Thomas uh, to you. Please, because like, I have a headache. It's NBA All-Star Weekend. Do you know that the Lions give me like a, I I have a physical reaction? I got Ajita for the rest of my life. I have a physical that. reaction to this damn team. I know. Anyway, NBA All-Star Weekend. It starts tonight with the uh, the young keep the rookies game the uh, up and coming stars. Then tomorrow they got NBA All Star Saturday night, which I love. I never miss it. I don't sit and watch it live. I tape it and come back and watch it. I love seeing the three point shots. Love seeing the dunk contest, although it's not the same anymore. And then Sunday, it's Isaiah. Excuse me, it's uh, LeBron against Giannis. No more East versus West. LeBron's got his team. Giannis Antetokounmpo's got his team. By the way, youngest All Star cast. Since 1980, yeah, a lot of young guys, people man. in the NBA, and they're all kind of taking over. And the new way to play the game, of course, is 
you're playing by quarter. So if you win the quarter, your team wins uh, 100000 or 250000 something like that, for your charity. And then the final quarter, they throw all the scores together, and that's the first one to 24 that wins, and that 24 representing the great Kobe Bryant. So lots to look at this weekend. Pistons at the break, 19-38. Uh, and 38. They sit 11th right now. Their game, they play hard. They really do. They do get blown out occasionally, but for the most part, they play hard. Andre Drummond now in Cleveland. The next game coming up is uh, next Thursday, and you, we, you got we got to go. Yeah. The Bucks are here. Okay, you gotta go see the Greek Freak. Yeah, man. Let's go. All right. But the NBA All Star Weekend, they got to catch up with Isaiah Thomas. I think it was a TNT or NBA TV. It's uh, well, I know First Take. What? Well, that's right, First Take, first Max take. Kellerman's yes. show. So they're sitting there chatting with Isaiah, and he says, "You know, where's, where are my teammates in the top yeah. fifty NBA players? Michael Jordan had his Robin." He had Scottie Pippen. Where are my guys? Where's Where's Joe? Where's yeah. Vinny? Where's Lambeer? Where are they? Where's Sally? And they start talking back and forth, and Isaiah kind of got under their skin a little bit. He was getting booed by the Chicago crowd. But I love Zeke, and I love the way he stands up. Love it. I love the way he stands up for Detroit. And just, I love it. just completely and totally reminded everybody about what was great about that era is just the pride. So much pride. I, I wish every every current Piston could have been watching that because it's like that's what we want, man. I don't need you to like them. I don't need you, but you you are going to respect them. You are going to respect the pride that he has. Remember, Isaiah was the one that talked about wanting his ashes. He wanted his ashes to be, you know, at the palace. Wow. Um, I wish the palace was still going to be standing. Yeah, me too. But it it wasn't him and Pippen hate each other. Pippen has been very vocal whenever Isaiah said any. Isaiah was made a comment a couple years ago about LeBron and Jordan and how he thought LeBron was was better, and how he'd take LeBron and Pippen came out and kind of you know went off. And then there was a, a a panel or something with James or Charles Oakley and Pippen and Michael Rapaport, which I don't know what that was about. You don't like that. Uh, Big Knicks fan. But Oakley and Pippen are just, just blasting Isaiah, and Isaiah took the high road. But, I mean, it, it he is a he is as polarizing a person yeah. as you'll ever meet or ever hear about, in, especially in NBA circles. But Beloved here. Beloved here. Yeah. Because he just he gave us everything he had. I loved him hopping on that one leg. And that, yes, this, man. So many great NBA moments have the Pistons and the bad boys in it, led by Zeke. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the 2004 reborn team with Ben Wallace, Chauncey, and the guys. And, I mean, I love being a I Piston didn't fan. realize I how do. young Isaiah was when he retired. Like 32, 34, like yeah. young. He, he was I beaten. was done. He was done. Beaten. And, you know, but but just hearing him in that crowd not back down and, and say, no, look, I carried my team. The last guy, who was the last person – under 6-5 to lead his team to an NBA title. I'll wait. I'd have to think. I'll wait. How tall is Kobe? 6'6". Six, six. Okay, so you got me on that one. But Kobe, so, so and I'm, when I say the last guy, I mean he is the, he is the unquestioned face of the franchise. Now, Tony, Tony Parker, write it about that, Tony Parker, but it wasn't his franchise. It was Tim Duncan's. 
It's Isaiah. Yeah. Isaiah carried the banner and carried his team to two titles with him as the face. He was the guy. Nobody else. The only other guy that tried it, you could argue was Stockton, but he had Malone. The only guy that really truly tried it was AI. Yeah. AI tried it and saw how hard it was. Batman and Robin here was Isaiah and Joe. Yes. They don't win, I don't think, without each other. No, they don't win without each other. But if you were to if you but but the league understood that the Pistons were Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. And we're always going to be. That's how they started. Isaiah Thomas. When they drafted him. Yes. That's how they made them. They molded that team around him. My man Tim Kane writes in Scottie Pippen, the most overrated athlete ever. Ride those coattails, buddy. I'll say this about Pippen, man. I, growing up, I loved Scottie Pippen's game because he was so versatile. And people forget that when Jordan, the year Jordan was gone, Pippen was the all-star MVP. He was first-team All-NBA. Scottie Pippen by himself in his prime, hell of a player. Great player, enough to get the Bulls in the playoffs, but also had Kukoc, mm-hmm. a solid crew around him. Phil on the Phil. bench. I mean, so that team, that team that year still was a, a horrible call away from possibly going to the finals people forget that horrible call i forget what uh at the garden uh was at the, the garden Knicks? i think it was game five right because it was a seven game series oh yeah they, game five there's two up, teams they that hate each other a foul on the three it wasn't a foul the, yeah. the knicks go on to win it the bulls win game six the, the knicks win game seven and go on and, and lose yeah. to the rockets in seven yeah that was the oj uh series but everybody felt like everybody talked about that was a that was when pippen really broke out and showed the world that he could carry a team. That being said, in his subsequent years after the stuff about the dream team and his dislike, he just everything out of his mouth as it pertains to Isaiah or the Pistons is always ripping them. So I'm just glad Isaiah had the chance to finally just stand up and say, like, no, the hell with Jordan, the hell with Pippen, the hell with the Bulls. Yeah. And in oh, Chicago yes. he's yes. saying this. Good for him. In front of a live well, crowd. Because he, he's from Chicago. Yeah. And that's one of the things, just like Kobe's from Philly, but he would always get booed. Of course. Isaiah was from Chicago, but you know, all of a sudden Isaiah was Isaiah was the the guy in yeah. Chicago before then Jordan comes along, who's not from Chicago, but he's Jordan. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, if I was in my hometown too, like, no, y'all gonna remember me. Good for you, Zeke. <laughs> Amen. Tom Azaway, Clarence Black here on The Wrap. NRM, NRM Streamcast, NBA All-Star Weekend is here in Chicago. Uh, it's LeBron's team against Giannis's team. I guess everything else, uh, it'll be fun to watch, I guess. I, it's one of my favorite All-Star games, as All-Star games go. But we're talking about Isaiah Thomas, and he came out on uh, first take just a day ago. And you can check it out on Twitter. And it's about a four-minute spiel. And they go at him. And Max Kellerman, of course, trying to get under his skin. Yeah. And uh, he just called out Scottie Pippen versus, you know, why is Scottie Pippen one of the top 50 players? And uh, where are my teammates? He's like, so you guys should go and listen to that today. Uh, you'll get a kick out of it. But uh, I wanted to bring up Isaiah as well. You say he's a polarizing guy. And let's face it, he was. He ran the CBA. If you remember, he bought the CBA. And I wish Jimmy King was here right now because he could answer to it. He played in the CBA. They bankrupted. A lot of people say, you know, he did that for his own his own stuff. I mean, he's had a lot of stuff happening to him on the side. He had the Toronto job when they first took over. There's Jimmy's Jimmy's team again, mm-hmm. Toronto. He had them. He took the Knicks, and he gets a sexual uh, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a case against him. A sexual harassment case against him for one of the Knicks uh, executives. They kind of buried that, Jimmy Dolan – Helped them kind of bury that. 
and they think they paid her off. But to say he's where he goes, trouble follows, and he's got that rep. And when he got kicked off, basically left off Team USA, the other dream team, there, there are people that don't like him. No. There, there are people that don't like him. And I was talking to you about that, and you told me really successful people, some of them will rub you yes. the wrong way. Because they I, – I, I don't know any successful people that are universally liked. Most of the successful people I know um, have – detractors and failures most of the i would say 90 percent of the successful and i mean successful people i know can point to you can tell you multiple failures because that is one of the things you learn in success multiple failures multiple failures jordan is one of the most successful athletes of all time but an, an unmitigated failure so far as a basketball executive. Well, he's an owner now. He's, he's an owner now. It. But even as a, when he was just an executive, yeah. failure. Wasn't good. Um, if I look at what Isaiah did in Indiana with that young group, he established a young core, got them going. Larry Bird came in and pushed them to the next level. But all of those guys will tell you to a person that, I, you know, I mean, young Jermaine O'Neal, Jonathan Bender, that group did a great job. He drafted Damon Stoudemire when everybody would have took him. And Damon Stoudemire was a solid, a solid guy for the Raptors. And the CBA – the CBA doesn't exist today, but not because of Isaiah. The CBA model didn't work. But most minor league basketball models are not profitable and they don't work for a reason. The NBA G League as a minor league only works because it is funded bank by yeah, the NBA rolled. and rich people can do that. So everybody looks at Isaiah and said, well, he had these failures. Hey, guess what? Let me ask you a question. Did Isaiah set the Knicks? Were the, were the, were the Knicks successful before he got there? No, the Knicks haven't been successful since Pat Riley. And before that, 1973. And before that, 1973. Were the Knicks successful after? I mean, how many? Tell me tell me that Isaiah will, you know, Isaiah wasn't great at the Knicks. No one has been great at the Knicks. It's now like that, comparing the Knicks to the Lions. Now, that is an owner's deal. The Knicks and the okay. Lions are very similar. Yes. The last 50 years, the Lions and the Knicks are almost, a, they're a parallel. They are together, and it has to do with Jim Dolan Jr. over in New York. No one likes him. No one wants to play for him. Nobody wants to go there and play. He's even against the fans. Fans hold up, sell the team. You know what he does? He kicks them out of the garden and bars them. At least the Fords have class. They haven't won, but they have class. So let's just cut to the chase. I want Isaiah Thomas running the Pistons. Period. You do. I want Isaiah Thomas. It, it, I, he'd have to take a pay cut, and I think he would ask for a lot. I think he. I, I don't think he would do it because I think I don't think Isaiah Thomas. If they were still at the Palace, I think he might. I think that probably for him because he. Want, I mean, he loved the Palace. And again, this is just me talking. I don't know. I don't know. But. I need that kind of animal running my team. See, I need that kind of mindset. Yeah. You want to know? Something? I need somebody who has not worn a uniform in that many years, but that will wave the banner. See that that that's that is what I think people don't understand. I need somebody that's willing to wave the banner, that cares that much, and who I think still knows his stuff. 
the problem is now he's got his champagne and, and all this other stuff. Like, man, look. I, but that, that is what I think it takes. Because he changed. Isaiah changes your culture immediately. Immediately. Zeke changes everything. I would take him in a second because I agree 100% with you. Although he has failed in the past with teams, you need somebody here that will that will love the team unconditionally I don't, and put, I, put his heart and soul into it. I would say I think failure is – I don't think he didn't fail in Indiana. I wouldn't call Indiana a failure. Um, and I wouldn't call Toronto necessarily a failure. It was an expansion team. I'm just saying. Expansion teams take a, a minute. There's a lot of skeletons. Yes, there's a lot of skeletons. There's a lot of stuff. But again, I go back to successful people. I mean, look, in in this town, Detroit, right? You look at what's going on in downtown Detroit. Phenomenal. And yet, there are people who will tell you that the man responsible for a lot of the real estate and the development and things like that, people think he's the devil. Oh, that guy. And he he thinks it's his own little monopoly. And, uh, well, you know, I like what's going on downtown. They bitch about the Illiches all the time. And the there's thing, a guy man, that it, invested it, money in this town when no one else did. Man, yeah, successful people that don't have detractors concern me, <clears throat> period. There's a there's a reason, and it's because if you're willing to stick to your guns, you don't acquiesce, you fight for what you think is right, you're going to piss people off. But I want somebody running my team that pisses people off. You like Iserman. Oh. How about this guy Love on it. the phone, Darren McCarty? You want him running your team? D-Mac, I'll take no, it. No, 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 no. You need me as sergeant at arms, second in command. <laughs> you, you got Stevie there. It's culture, but as you know, unless you got haters, you ain't. You know, you yes. ain't doing something right. Because as you get older, you realize that it's just jealousy, and you're obviously doing something. Too, uh, they don't want to do the work. When it gets hard, they quit. You heard us talking about the uh, Pistons' uh, old days and on first take with Max Kellerman on ESPN, Isaiah Thomas in front of the Chicago crowd where he grew up, uh, got booed off the stage basically for sticking up for the Pistons. And I know you remember those bad boy days. Oh, uh, the bad boys and, uh, you know, the going to work. Uh, yep, the 2004 guys. We got a bad connection, D-Mac. Claire. We got a bad connection. Where are you driving, by the way? Where are you driving? I'm not. Well, I'm in Brockville. All right. You got a game? I got alumni weekend. The uh, me and Shelly and Todd Bertuzzi, Brad May, and playing a. Uh, it's their annual. They're doing a Motown tribute or something. So that's nice. Here all weekend. I love it. We miss you, man. Are you going to watch your race this Sunday? Absolutely, I I uh, I had to give my boy uh, Brad Kozlowski. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, uh, I had to give him some words of encouragement, but he, he I'm not worried about him, dude, because he he just goes back to basics and he works harder and you know need a little luck, but you know uh, it'll be exciting if anybody watches uh, NASCAR. It's, it's pretty unique they lead the season off with one of the biggest races but it's one of the most exciting we were talking about that no sport leads off with their super bowl but nascar does something's going right with that with that organization well you know what Maz? it's because they care you know they care and 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 i think that they've realized 
bad sport. And if you look at how involved different, you know, sponsorships, you can really get, if you get into the depth of the sport, you really can see how it's all about team and how people are passionate for different things. I got buddies that won't shop at Lowe's. For guys that won't shop at Home wow. Depot because they hate Jimmy Johnson. No, I mean, it's, that's great. It's that, it's that loyalty. So it, it, that's what it is. It's that culture. It's that loyalty. It's believing in what they believe in. And uh, the one thing is Daytona, it's exciting. They're going 200 miles an hour, um, you know, and, and making all these passes. And it's, uh, I'm excited to watch. One of the things is if one of the races, that if you only catch the last little bit of it, you know, whoever survives usually has the opportunity to win. Hey, Mac, I gotta, I gotta ask you real quick, switching gears, because I, I, I don't know if you got a chance to, to view that debacle of a press conference the Astros put on yesterday. As a, as a, as a, as a guy that played at the highest level, man, it, it you know, for you, Darren McCarty, the pro athlete, if you had somebody that pulled the kind of crap the Astros pulled and then and then hearing what you heard yesterday. Cause Maz, I mean we're trying to figure out, you know, how does how do players respond? What do you think the player like, response would got, be? You gotta hate them worse than the Yankees. Hey, watch that. If you hate, <laughs> no no, but Matt, if you hate the Yankees, I don't hate the Yankees. Thank you. But if you hate the Yankees I hate or whatever, like that's just because they have the market and because they have the resources. So people like to see them lose, you know, it's, it's, think about it like this, Clarence. Cause I'm like, okay. Cause they always people, the Houston and the Boston people or not Boston people, but the Houston people always say, well, look at the Patriots. But what the Patriots did doesn't rub me even as close, whether you're talking to plate gate or you're talking about, any of the gates. You know, stuff that <laughs> yeah. right, right, any, yeah, any of the gates that they're involved <laughs> in, because that's sort of trying to get a, you know, over the hand the cookie jar, you get, you get snapped. But the way that like the the, the audacity and the listen to Verlander, I lost <laughs> so much. It's like, oh, you know, like oh, it just happened, and oh, well, you know, we might uh, whatever. Like it is, it's almost like. It's almost like they pulled an atrocity and they're just sort of like, well, if we just play it off, everybody's going to forget it. They're trying to make it societal, like 10 minutes and it'll go away. But it's bigger than that because it's core of what the game is. And to me, is in general, that sucks. Darren McCarty joining us from the, on the road on his way to an alumni game. You're uh, going to do some beating down this weekend, you and Shelly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, said you, said you, would, you said you would tell you to cut out, so you must have you must have threw a few other things in there, Matt. <laughs> hey Mac. Drive safe, brother. Well we miss you. We'll see you next week. All right, we'll see you next week, guys. Have a good weekend. All right, Darren McCarty. I, of course, I wasn't gonna mention it, man, but I'm glad he did. I think of all the things that happened yesterday, yesterday, the person that took the biggest blow was JV. Verlander took the well, biggest the owner, blow. I think. Well, I mean, you know what though? The owners the, first. The, the owner he probably shouldn't even have spoke. Uh, you know what? He, JV had his nice hair parted to JV, the side. He looked nice JV, and handsome. But he was JV ready was the to go. Guy, JV was a guy who banged on every other drum. 
juice balls, other guys on PEDs, calling yeah. people out by name. Yeah. I mean, this was – he was always wearing the shield for the game. And then to be asked, like, when did you know about it? And then to say, well, I don't want to get into specifics. What? He just said basically. It was so, it was so weak and so unbecoming someone that would take up the shield for, for the game, the integrity of the game – when, whenever he wanted, and there were guys to be like, "Yo, man, that's you know, just that's good, good for him, man, good for him." He, he's he's not just sitting by. Well, now we know he is. It's exactly what he did. He said, "I should have said more." I don't when even did know. You know? I, don't, I don't know what that means. When did you know is a specific question that has a specific answer that you have to have the integrity to answer. So I think guys across a lot of sports. Lost respect for him. Because it's like, say when you knew, apologize. The beautiful thing about the truth, man, is that once it's out, you can just, you can be done. Say it and be done. Hey, you know what? free, right? Here's what he says. I knew as soon as I got here, man, and I failed because I didn't say anything. Done. Now, whatever you want to think about Justin, you can say, hey, you know what? Here's a guy who admitted he knew it, but he didn't have the, the personal courage is tough. It's tough. And it's a part of growing up. I talked to your parent. Talk to my kids about it. It's hard, but you do it. What he did yesterday was so weak in so many ways. It's like I don't ever want to hear Justin Verlander say anything ever again about anything that has to do with any integrity or the game or any of that. I hope they get their ass kicked this year. I hope he gets his ass kicked. And I was a big fan. Cy Young winner, going to Hall you of Fame. You can't suspend a team, but damn if, if that's not what I want, man. I'm more mad at uh, some of these players like Bregman and Altuve. How about Altuve? When they play here, are you going to go to boot or are you going to not go? Don't take my shirt when off. When they play here, are you going to go or are you going to not go? No, I'm going. you damn right. You're going, going to boo? I'm just going. Okay. I'm just going. So you don't think that'll be an impact? Yeah, I'll boo. I'll boo. Guess what? I'm going to spring training next Friday after the show. All right. One of the teams I get to see? The Astros. The Astros. All right, maybe I'll get Verlander on the show for us. He ain't talking to nobody, ever. For Clarence Black, Angel, Kelsey, Steven, we wish our Ethan the best. Go get him, kid. It's Tom Azoway for The Wrap. Foster and King, King and Foster, any way you want to do it. They're coming up next right here on NRM Streamcast.